Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Adapt, the podcast I produce for subscribers of my newsletter about pursuing new talents, from music to cooking to workouts and a whole bunch more. Part of what I want to do with this project is to give a platform to people and causes that deserve it, so that's exactly what I'm doing with today's episode. I sat down with CrossFit athlete turned distance runner for a cause, Stephanie Demos. Steph is closing in on the end of her partnership with the Michael J. Fox Foundation to run a 5K every day for 100 days in a row to raise money and awareness for Parkinson's research. Our conversation covers her mom's diagnosis several years ago, how she landed on the campaign, and the actual athletic feat of running a 5K every day for 100 days in a row. Before we dive in, I'm going to give you my cheat sheet of my top three takeaways from this conversation with Steph, what I learned. Number one, we tend to make things more complicated than they are. One of the brilliant things that Steph has done is just run. You'll notice that I keep asking for her secrets, routines, techniques, nutrition, anything, because there's got to be something, right? And while she gives great answers to that, I think we're always looking for a silver bullet, myself included. So the smartest thing that she's done is just start running. Number two, have something to run for. To commit to something this physically grueling over such a long period of time, you have to have something to run for beyond just because, something bigger than yourself. And Steph has that in spades as this campaign is dedicated to her mom. Number three, when it comes to fitness, set a goal and make it public. Tell everybody about it. Steph set this audacious goal publicly, and she posts her runs on Instagram every single day. And that type of public accountability will keep you going on the days when you really don't feel like putting in the work. The decision's already been made for you. There's a lot more than those three in there, so let Steph know your takeaways, follow-up questions, and ideas for her next venture in the comments at the bottom of this post. You can find Steph on Instagram, at Steph Demos, as well as on Facebook, and scroll down in the show notes to watch her campaign video and click the link to donate to her campaign, which I've done myself and I encourage all of you to do if you have the means. She's run a 5K every day for closing in on 100 days, so I think she's earned it. Uh, as of this posting, there's about a week left in the campaign, so if you do want to donate, stop what you're doing, hit pause, and donate right now. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with fellow Dayton Flyer, Steph Demos. You're listening to a podcast I produce for subscribers of my new newsletter, Adapt, which documents my pursuit of new talents including songwriting, artificial intelligence, cancer recovery, starting businesses, cooking, wine appreciation, and whatever else strikes my fancy. Subscribers get access to this and future episodes in their favorite podcast app, limited edition products in the online shop, and monthly giveaways that raise money for some of our favorite charities. To me, being human is about being more than one thing. So if you've got some time and want to broaden your horizons, click the green subscribe button on your screen to subscribe for free and tell me what you want to learn about at seanj.net. With fellow Dayton Flyer and now super impressive long distance runner, Steph Demos. Uh, I don't know about impressive, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I would, I would beg to differ. <laughs> well, before before we dive in, I just wanted to vent for like ten seconds about our Dayton Flyers. They were totally going to bring it home this year. I know. I was super disappointed that we couldn't see them play. I know March Madness. Oh my god. It was my brother goes there now and he was just absolutely devastated. It's like getting your heart ripped out. Yeah, I know. I feel sorry for everyone that was at Dayton too. I mean, I feel sorry for us because we were looking forward to watching them as well, yeah. but I think it would be even tougher if you were actually on campus 
waiting to see it play out. But yeah. All right. Well, now that that's out of the way, you're on pace to run 105 Ks in 100 days. And so I wanted to kind of talk to you about how and why you've you've done this. So I thought we could kind of kick off, just give us a quick synopsis of what you're doing, and then maybe we can rewind back in time to talk about everything leading up to this journey and how you've navigated it. Yeah, so what I'm doing right now is I'm currently on day 85, but I am running a 5K every day for 100 days to raise awareness and money for Parkinson's disease. My mom was diagnosed, and for my 30th birthday, I wanted to raise money and awareness for her. So So you've run 85 5Ks in a row. Today will be day 85. I haven't run yet. (laughs) Still got to crank out today. (laughs) Yeah, I still have to run today. All right, well, well, we'll circle back to that. But how long ago was your mom diagnosed? So my mom was diagnosed about six years ago. I was about 24, 25 years old when I first found out. At the time, she really didn't have very many symptoms at all. We were actually at church, and it was Christmas Eve, and we had to hold hands in mass. And I noticed my mom's hand was shaking. And after mass, I had asked her, I was like, hey, I I realized like your hand was shaking. Like, is there something wrong or anything? She's like, you know, I think I have Parkinson's disease. And at the time, I really didn't know anything about it. And of course, I go home and I like do the worst thing possible. And I like Google it and see what are the symptoms? (laughs) What are the side effects? Is it forever? Is it curable? And unfortunately, Parkinson's is not a curable disease. But, you know, people can live with Parkinson's disease for years. So I was about like 24, 25 when I first found out. And it was difficult, but I knew my mom and I knew that it wasn't really affecting her at the time. So I knew it was something that we would face as a family together. Yeah. So did she know at the time she said, I I think, did she, had she gone to the doctor before or had she just kind of noticed? So my parents are funny just because they, they don't really want us to worry about Mm -hmm. anything. And I think at the time she did have, she had already gone to the doctor and was thinking that she had this and the doctor agreed that she may have this, but there's not really any like tests out there that say like, okay, yes, you, you definitely have this Hmm. disease. There's, there's nothing really out there to say that you do other than just looking at your symptoms as a whole and looking at those and saying, okay, I think this is what you have. So you, you get home from mass, you Google it, which I imagine is just a slew of terrifying information. What happened from there? Like, how did you, I would, that's a big thing to wrap your mind around. How did you kind of tackle that? And how did your mom handle it? You know, at the time, like we didn't really, it was kind of just like swept under the rug. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, she didn't really have many symptoms and 
because you can have it for so long and it not affect you and not affect your quality of life, we didn't really make it a big thing. But obviously, deep down <laughs> in myself, I was worried to death and I, I was Googling everything that I could and ways to help and do what I can, but there really isn't anything you can do, but there, they do say that exercising as well as like nutrition is huge. So just encouraging my mom to go for walks or we got like in a recumbent bike, which she can sit on and exercise. So just doing like exercises and staying fit really helps people with Parkinson's, which is another reason why I decided to do running as a form of fundraising. So, yeah. All right. So fast forward a couple of years. So you, you find out you're 24, 25 Christmas Eve Mm -hmm. mass, which that's a bombshell on Christmas Eve. You're approaching your 30th birthday. Mm -hmm. How did this kind of come about? How did you decide that you wanted to do something? And then how did you decide on, you know, 105 Ks in a hundred days? Yeah. So for my 30th birthday, like, obviously it's kind of a big deal. You're turning 30 years old and I I just wanted to do something different. And like deep down, I just, I wanted, I wanted to find a cure for Parkinson's disease, but obviously I couldn't do that. So something that I could do is just raise money and awareness for Parkinson's disease. So I was running through different ideas of what I could do. Like I could do a half marathon, but I've already done a half marathon. I could do a full marathon and fundraise money that way. But I just found it a little cliche (laughs) just because there's so many people that do that and not to discredit anyone for doing those things. Like it's amazing. And people raise a ton of money by doing those things, but I just, me, myself, I wanted to do something different. So I originally thought about just running 30 days for my 30th birthday and that being it, but that wasn't hard enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't seem like that challenging to do. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do 30 days. And every seven more dollars that I raised, I was going to run an additional day. And then I capped it at hundred days and thank God that I did <laughs> because otherwise I probably would be running for the rest of my yeah, life. You'd be running till you're 60. Um, yeah. So I capped it at a hundred days and I, to run a hundred days, I had to raise a thousand dollars. So within probably uh, an hour, I was already past, uh, <laughs> thousand dollars. So, so that was like super surprising. And looking back, I obviously should have set a bigger goal for myself, but I had never done a fundraiser before to raise money or anything. So I really had no idea what to set my yeah. standard for. So yeah, well, a thousand dollars isn't, isn't chump change. That's, that's a, a good chunk of change to, to raise. Right. What was going through your mind when you hit that goal so quickly? Like, oh shit, now I got to run a hundred days. I just remember that day. I, so I made a video 
of the process and the fundraiser and just explaining what I was going to be doing. And when I posted it, I was just getting message after message of people saying like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Like, this is so awesome. I can't believe you're going to do this. And I even had people saying like, there's no way that you're going to be able to run a hundred days, a hundred five days. And I was like, well, I need to do it now. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to, but it was like so, so many mixed emotions going through my head. I was like, I, I had like tears in my eyes of like how much money I've raised and then just the inspiring messages and people reaching out, especially people that I like hadn't talked to in forever. It was just motivating and inspiring and like gave me the chills. And <laughs> I had like called my parents. I'm like, oh, you would not have, you would not believe how much money I've raised <laughs> in a matter of hours. I think I was like already at like 3000 or something in like three hours. And I was so blown away, but it was so awesome. <laughs> what was your parents' reaction to the, to this, your mom specifically? I mean, honestly, like every time I've talked to my mom about it, she like starts crying (laughs) just because she's just like so happy. And she's just so amazed that like I would do something like this and that I thought to do something for her. And to me, it's like a no brainer. (laughs) And it was it wasn't anything like crazy, like obviously running a 5K every day for 100 days. That's a little crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But setting up a fundraiser and raising awareness for Parkinson's. It was, it was easy. Talk more. You said you had people reaching out about, about the campaign, about the fundraiser, about their experiences. What was that like? Yeah. So that would probably be one of like the greatest things that I've gotten out of doing this fundraiser. There was people at work that had reached out to me and people that I hadn't talked to in a long time reaching out to me, telling me that either their parents had Parkinson's disease or their grandparents had Parkinson's disease. And just hearing those stories just made me feel not alone. And it just made me feel that like there's so many other people that this disease affects that I had no idea. And it is way more common than I even imagined in my mind. And I'm connected to all these people that are also facing these same struggles in these same things. So it was just as sad as it is to hear that other people are facing these problems. It was also like mind opening and I really appreciated people reaching out and telling me their stories as well. Yeah. There's so many more people that it touches that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it, I feel like, but I would imagine that's a a huge part of, you know, you don't feel necessarily like you're the only one going through that type of an issue. Right. And like, even within my family, like there was extended family of ours that, had no idea that my mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and there was neighbors that had reached out that didn't know either. And although it wasn't a secret, it really just isn't something that you just openly talk about. Yeah. But 
I'm really happy that I did. And my mom was able to let me tell her story. Yeah. How did, so how did your mom feel about, about doing the, like leading up to the campaign? You know, she was really happy afterwards, but I would imagine that's, I don't know, uh, a little bit of a, a complicated yeah. issue. Yeah. So when I first thought of the idea to do a fundraiser for Parkinson's, I wanted to be able to tell her story, but I obviously talked to her about it before doing anything because I wanted her to be comfortable with it. And when I told her, I was kind of surprised because she was totally open to it. She's like, you know, this isn't a secret and I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. So you can definitely tell my story. So that was like, good to hear that she was so positive about it. Yeah. Well, she sounds like a, a champ. It, it sounds like she's been pretty positive through the whole process, you know, of diagnosis and everything that I don't know from just from, this is just kind of, I guess my outside looking in, yeah. but it, it seems like she's been, I don't know if nonchalant is the right word, but very, like very positive about the whole process. I would, I would say the same thing. And it's obviously just by my point of view, obviously she may be going through more struggles than I'm even aware of, but from what I do know, she is so positive and she always says like together, like we'll face this together and together we're going to find a cure. And I just pray that that cure is within her lifetime or even my lifetime. I would just love to see a cure for Parkinson's disease. Was the campaign and this whole process helpful just in terms of from your perspective, dealing with the diagnosis of your mom and, and just knowing that she has this? Totally. Yeah. Like I was saying before, I honestly have never really, I told my friends, but it was very difficult even talking to them about it. And I had never really openly talked about it. A couple of my coworkers knew, but again, like I didn't talk about it often. (laughs) It would upset me. And even making the video, it was a very, just figuring out what I was going to say. It was very like difficult for me to realize like I am going to be telling everyone that like my mom is sick with a disease that's not curable. Like it's just not an easy thing to talk about. But once I did create the video and just the outreach of all these people talking to me about it, it just, just really made me feel not so alone in like the struggle through this. And obviously this is just, (laughs) this is just me. It's not even my mom. I have no idea, like all the feelings and everything my mom's going through too. But I think this has helped her as well. Just know that she's not alone. Yeah. That feeling of support is huge. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the actual process of running. You said that you don't consider yourself a runner. Is that accurate? Yes, that is 100% accurate. (laughs) I've always played sports my entire life. I played basketball and volleyball in high school. And then in college, I played club volleyball. 
So I, I consider myself an athlete. <laughs> and then after college, I did CrossFit for a long time. And then even now, I just like really enjoy it health and fitness like it's just such a huge passion of mine but running is not something that I would consider myself like great at (laughs) yeah so you kind of chose running to get out of your comfort zone a little bit yeah what was it like what was it like getting started with something that is particularly for you know you set a goal so big with in an area you're very uncomfortable in how do you even go about getting started with that so I was just doing like my normal workouts, which is just like hit workouts where I do like strength and some conditioning. I was running like maybe a mile or two at the beginning, like before starting doing the 5k a day. So as far as training or like preparing myself, I don't know if I prepared myself the most I could have, but at the same time, like I mentally was just telling myself, I'm just running, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm not doing anything crazy. Like obviously running a 5k running three miles, or I've been running 3.2 miles. I've been rounding it up a little <laughs> bit, but like, obviously that's a long distance to run every single day for a hundred days in a row. But in my mind, like mentally, I was just telling myself, all I have to do is run. Yeah. I don't have to think. <laughs> I don't have to do anything else other than move my feet and get out there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think has been like the hardest part is getting myself motivated every day. Be like, okay, I need to go do this. Yeah. <laughs> when am I going to do it? When am I going to squeeze it in during the work week? But yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's a good, like to your point, I think it's, it's really easy to overcomplicate things. I know for myself, I, I started, I, I started training for the, the Murph challenge to do pull-ups, push-ups, squats, and, and runs. And it is so easy to like completely overcomplicate things as opposed to just like, just, yeah. just do the pull-ups or just, just, just run, just run. Yeah. You don't have to think like, that's like one of the greatest things about working out is like, you really don't have to think Yeah, you just, you need to just do it Yeah, <laughs> mentally prepare yourself and just do it. It's more mentally like stressful, like overthinking things than just to do it. Yeah. So, so to that point, you said the hardest part has kind of been just getting yourself motivated to run every day. How do you do that? Do you have, anything that, that you kind of say to yourself or like, how how are you getting yourself motivated (laughs) at a point where, you know, it's, it's coming to the end of the day. You haven't run yet. Like, I really don't feel like running. Honestly, I just know in the back of my mind, I need to do it. And, you know, I just, I, I need to go do it. So this is, this is a better time than never. (laughs) So unfortunately I've been like waiting till like after the work day's over. I wish I was one of those people that could just wake up in the morning and do it, (laughs) which I tell myself, I told myself today that I was going to wake up early. (laughs) I was like, that way I like when I do the podcast, like I don't have to worry about doing it after. And then this morning rolled around and I was like, Oh, well I have a meeting at 10. So, you know, I'm not going to do it. And then 10, and then I had another, another meeting after that. So I was like, well, it looks like I'm not doing it till later (laughs) today. So 
and then you know you get hungry mm-hmm. and then I'm like okay well I'm, I'm gonna have lunch but then I'm like oh I I had I had lunch so I can't run now so I need to wait <laughs> so well it seems like that's, that's been the biggest struggle but yeah you know well it seems I've, like if I've done it if so. if nothing else the you know just from a a purely you know doing the runs perspective the campaign has been just the fact that it's public I would think is kind of public accountability of I don't have a choice. Like (laughs) you got a bunch of people that are following this. Yeah. And my friend actually just messaged me and he's like, if you can get under eight minute miles, uh, I'm going to donate $250. And I was like, Oh great. I have 15 (laughs) days to get under an eight minute mile (laughs) average. So I'm like, thanks for the added pressure. So where are you at right now? I love it in my like pace. Yeah. I'm like, it varies. Like obviously every day is a little different and the, the weather doesn't necessarily help either, but I'm like in between eight thirty mile and like nine, Okay. nine minute mile. It varies though. Sometimes it's like eight twenty, which is great, but on average it's probably between eight thirty and nine minute mile, yeah. which is which is good hey, that's for me. Solid. I don't, I don't need to be pushing myself yeah. crazy every single day. Yeah. Just the fact that you're doing the runs is huge. So, so to that point, how is, I think one thing that like, particularly when in setting like a big physical challenge like this, one thing that I think people worry about and probably lean on a little bit too much. And I know myself included is, is thinking about recovery so how, to that point, like how is, how is your body holding up? You've done this for 85 days in a row. Yeah. So at first, well, let me start off by saying the first like 20, 30 days, I was able to run on a treadmill. Okay. So that was like pre quarantine <laughs> time. Yeah. So that was pretty easy, like adjustment. Like I had been running on a treadmill when I was at like working out prior to that at the gym, running multiple days in a row. I, I was, I was pretty sore probably like five days in. And then maybe like around day 30 is when I had to start running outside. (laughs) Running outside was a totally another beast just cause it just like your stability muscles that you use when running outside and like just running up and down curbs and hills. sidewalks to gravel to hills and trying to avoid people running in the grass <laughs> and this <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Running outside was more difficult and it was like a whole nother adjustment factor. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention like the weather too. There was days when I ran where it was raining or snowing or there was like a foot of water on the ground. But during this whole like quarantine process and everything, it has really like forced me to get out of my apartment, which as like hard as it has been to like get out of my like pajamas <laughs> and get into like some workout clothes and put on a pair of gym shoes. It has also been like so awesome because it has really like forced me to get outside and 
be in nature and get out of my apartment in a little bubble. Yeah. So yeah, totally. It is, it has been pretty nice. So for the first, what was it? 30 days or so, 20, 30 days, you were doing it on a treadmill. You had a little bit of an adjustment Mm -hmm. there, but not too much. And then it's kind of when you went outside is where you're, you started getting much more sore. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an adjustment going from the treadmill to going outside. But I would say after like maybe five, 10 days of running outside, you get pretty adjusted, but that doesn't mean like I don't still get sore. Like there are definitely days that I am more sore than others. Like the other weekend, I've also gotten into cycling. So we went on a 20 mile bike ride and I still had to run after that. And that was a struggle. (laughs) That was a a big struggle, but I decided that I wasn't going to do that uh, again for (laughs) the rest of the time because I thought I was dying after that. I was like, my body was so exhausted, but as far as like recovery goes, I've been like doing a lot of foam rolling and I have like a lacrosse ball that I roll, roll my foot on, which actually surprisingly has helped like a ton. So just, and then I try and do a stretch, like as many stretch stretching exercises as I can, but I probably should be doing more. I told myself that I was going to start doing like yoga (laughs) and stuff. But now that all the studios are closed, I can't really do that. And I don't really do anything at home, even though I should. (laughs) So how is, you said the the lacrosse ball has helped a lot. How is with with your foot? How has that helped? What has it done? So it just like helps with like the breaking up the tissue and stuff in your legs and your IT bands and in your foot particular, like uh, breaking up the fascia in your foot. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that has like helped a lot. I'll be sitting working at my table and I'll have the lacrosse ball and I'll just be like, putting pressure on my foot and rolling my foot over the lacrosse ball. And it just, it hurts, yeah. but it also feels good. Yeah. It's kind of like a good pain. Yeah. 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 So you, do you do that? You do that like in the foam rolling most days? Yeah. I try and do that like every night. So okay. yeah, that has, I think it's helped a lot, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know I if don't you know. found this. I, I find that it's like really helpful for going to sleep. Like I'll, I'll do it oh. like right before I go to sleep. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like, yeah, it just kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kind of like on a little bit of like an endorphin high. Yeah. So do you have any pre-run or post-run routines other than like a, a lot of the foam rolling and, and recovery stuff that, that you stick to? Honestly, no, which is probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have more like exercises and stuff that I do prior to running, but some days I just, I'm like, I need to get that. I need to do this. I'm going to go get it done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you do, how about pace wise? Do you do like, or is, is every day roughly the same pace or do you take it easy some days and push yourself other days? Before I started, I was telling myself, like, I'm not like, don't try and kill yourself every day stuff. Like, like, like you may want to, yeah. Like, although you may want to like, don't 
but I just kind of see how like my body feels and it's so crazy because the days that I feel like I'm running slow, I, so I use a Garmin. I have a Garmin watch. It's similar to an Apple watch, but it's just more targeted for runners and cyclers and stuff. But yeah, so the days that I feel like I'm running really slow, I'll look at my watch when I'm done and I'll be, I'll be way faster than like the day before. And it's just, it's, it's so bizarre (laughs) because I'm like, I felt so slow today. How was I running faster than I did yesterday? And days that I feel like I'm running really fast, I'll be done. I'll be like, what? That was only... (laughs) 840 yeah. <laughs> like my face is only 840 like I felt like I was away but it just kind of depends on the day I mean like wind and cold and weather like I actually find that I run faster when it's colder outside than when it's hotter outside huh. I don't know if it's something with my breathing or I just want to get it over over with because <laughs> it is so cold outside I don't know yeah. but how about nutrition? Like, have have you done anything different, like nutrition wise? No, not really. I mean, I always try and eat like a somewhat well balanced diet as far as like carbs and fats and proteins. But during quarantine, I wouldn't say that's <laughs> been great. But the good thing is being in quarantine, being able to like make all of my meals yeah. and having that ability to do that, like making a good breakfast, making a good lunch, that has actually been super helpful. So what are some of your go-to healthy meals? So I really like having tacos is pretty well balanced. Like I'll have an avocado and tomatoes and onions, and then either ground beef or ground turkey and having a tortilla. I mean, it tacos like it doesn't sound that healthy but actually like if you're not adding like a ton of cheese or (laughs) sour cream or all of that kind of stuff it's actually not bad and then I mean I'm a huge breakfast person too like (laughs) eggs and avocado avocado toast I can have breakfast like every meal of the day (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah all right. So, you know, before we wrap up, I wanted to kind of talk, just, just get a feel for, you know, this has been, you're on day 85 now, but you know, in a lot of ways, this kind of journey started a few years ago with your mom's diagnosis. Mm-hmm. What, what's been the biggest thing that you've taken away from this whole thing? Everyone is like going through their own like personal like struggles. And something that like I've realized is no one really teaches you like how to handle these things. It's not something they teach you in school, you know, like your friend who was on the podcast that has cancer. No one teaches you how to handle that. No one teaches a family how to handle like someone that has cancer. No one teaches you how to handle death or grief. And Something that like I have realized that has helped me is just being able to talk about it, whether it's like with a friend or your family or me being able to share my story through this fundraiser has helped 
so much. (laughs) And I would just like encourage people that if you are going through like a struggle to communicate those things, because as hard as it may be to talk about, like it really has like opened my eyes to so many things and people and connecting with people that I, I wasn't before. And I really think that like together we're going to find a cure for Parkinson's disease. All right. Last thing is if somebody wanted to tackle a big physical challenge, like say they wanted to run 105 Ks in a hundred days, they're crazy like that. What would your advice be to them? Uh, You know, honestly, just push yourself out of your comfort zone. You are going to surprise yourself. You can do anything that you put your mind to. I mean, there was people that doubted me and it just motivated me more. So honestly, put yourself out of your comfort zone, whether it's big or small or whatever it may be, just always put yourself out of your comfort zone because you will 99.9% of the time always surprise yourself. I think that's true. All right, Steph. Well, thank you for taking the time. What's next? What you're you're on, you're in the home stretch here. What, what are you gonna do next? I know. I'm I'm looking for suggestions. I'm open to anything because <laughs> after these 100 days are are done, I really don't know what I'm gonna do. But I'm looking for my next challenge for sure. All right. All right. Well, if you have any suggestions or questions for Steph, reach out. Yes, please do. <laughs> All right. All right. Till next time. Thanks, Steph. Thank you. You're listening to a podcast I produce for subscribers of my new newsletter, Adapt, which documents my pursuit of new talents, including songwriting, artificial intelligence, cancer recovery, starting businesses, cooking, wine appreciation, and whatever else strikes my fancy. Subscribers get access to this and future episodes in their favorite podcast app, limited edition products in the online shop, and monthly giveaways that raise money for some of our favorite charities. To me, being human is about being more than one thing. So if you've got some time and want to broaden your horizons, click the green subscribe button on your screen to subscribe for free and tell me what you want to learn about at seanj.net.